The army is mustered, and the march to Grundikov begins now. How will the Moerian army fare? Will Octavia's mission succeed, or is this venture doomed from the start? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, My Spouse, and a Die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident SMR, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident dungeon master. Me, My Spouse, and a Die is a family-friendly actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, where we follow our hero, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair, through her adventures in the continent of Moir, a land that has been ravaged by a war with monsters for 15 years. Earlier this week, I think it was this week... I sent Gwyneth a text message that I'm trying to find right now because it was pretty good, but it may have been far enough back that I don't remember it. Ah, here it is. This is, I sent this at 12.02 PM. So right around lunchtime, getting my lunch break think on. (laughs) I said, I think we should work for five to 10 years and then become farmers. My reaction in real life was pretty similar to my reaction right there. Yeah. I think I just laughed. You chuckled. You sent back two crying, laughing emojis, and <laughs> it says, and just have miniature creatures. This is prompted by several things. <laughs> we attended a wedding in near Lexington, Kentucky, and we drove, it was on a farm, and we drove past many, many very, very luxurious, beautiful horse farms. And on the way, we were looking up how much racehorses cost. <laughs> and to like, whether they're a good investment. Whether they're a good investment to, like, start a horse farm. They are highly risky, apparently, which makes sense. They're very risky, and they're not cheap, turns out. But they are actually a lot cheaper than I thought that they would be. Some of them were. Some of them were also dumb expensive. That's true. Um, so we were like, hmm, hmm. And then I found a video of a tiny baby highland cow which is like those little shaggy cows but it was a miniature one too and it was only 10 days old it was so small and it was the most adorable little one of the most adorable little creatures i've ever seen in my life it's very cute and i sent that to gwyneth and she melted of course yes yes i am i am here this resurrected puddle of cuteness it had this big tongue Mm -hmm. that it was just going like and someone was like scratching its little head and it was just like rolling around being like oh my gosh it was so cute it was so fur it was so curly Mm -hmm. it was so furry it was adorable it was so cute its head was so big its nose was so big in proportion to its body Mm -hmm. it i would like to dive into that video Mm -hmm. and hug that creature and then after that, I went down a train on, like, how to start a farm. I went through a couple <laughs> WikiHow articles on, like, how to start your own dairy farm. Because I was like, I don't really want to slaughter my animals. I'm not against meat, but I don't want to be the one to murder them. Yeah. So I'm happy to eat them, but I'll let someone else take care of that. So I was like, what about, like, a dairy farm? Because well, then I mean, you don't really. does take care of them. That's true. But, like, Yeah. 
I think it's, I don't know. It's, it's that you've known this creature. Maybe. I yeah. know I have a tender heart when it comes to creatures. Yeah. So I, I think I might be able to separate myself from them, knowing from the start that they are going to be food. But at the same time, I've, I don't know. I don't think I would be able I, to. I wouldn't want to get to the point where like, we've started a beef farm and here's the first crop of beef, but... I can't. I just can't send Gerald <laughs> to the to the uh, slaughterhouse. I can't do it. Well, that that was the first mistake naming them. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "What about like a dairy farm or like a, a chicken farm?" Or some people have like alpaca farms, and you just farm the wool or sheep yeah. farm. Or I mean, like goat farms. And goat you farms make make goat cheese. cheese. So one of one of those kind of farms. Yeah. So I got down this whole rabbit train, and then I, that prompted the message. I was like, "Let's just." Let's just quit our jobs and become farmers. I didn't say immediately because I, I don't hate. I like my job right now, but I'm also like, that could be peaceful. Just out there, working the land with your bare hands. <laughs> uh, I also laughed because this is a chronic discussion in my family. I was born on a dairy farm. Not, I mean, I was born in a hospital, but my family at the time lived right in next a dairy. to the cows. <laughs> it was spring, so it's appropriate. But my dad at the time was also like a professor and he similarly just had the uh, let's have a farm urge. And so it has been a, <laughs> a kind of constant in my family of a of the dream to just get back to farm with like a capital F. Yeah, so. I, I've, I've never spent much time on farms. I've helped. Most of the farm experience I have has been on like crop farms, not mm -hmm. animal farms. I've bailed hay and I've done stuff like that and i've i've looked at farms and i've been on farms but i've never like worked a farm but my dad's been wanting to get like goats or chickens for a while not in, like farm capacity just like in a couple in the backyard to to i don't know poodle around with. poodle around with yeah. have some eggs and goat milk yeah. and stuff like that i've also so, been wanting to get chickens but i also only want egg chickens i don't want meat, meat chickens, chickens <laughs> because i similarly i love meat but i don't know if i could eat something that i raised but you can i don't know eat egg chickens once they're old and done with eggs right is that what they do i don't know i don't know if they would taste good then i mean because they'd be all i don't actually what else know do you how, do with i don't know chicken i don't know how long uh, the lifespan of a laying hen is i don't either Oh, this is very good questions. This is also prompted by the fact that every now and then I go on Craigslist and I just <laughs> <Yeah>. peruse <laughs> like what's free. And uh, I don't know how many times I found a free goose. I found <laughs> several free friendly roosters. And in the in the ad, they were specifically friendly. They were roosters. friendly roosters. <laughs> I, I don't know if roosters have a reputation for being mean, but these ones were friendly. And I found there goats. Were three goats. It I was like a mom goats. and dad and a kid. Mm -hmm. And they were like, ha ha, kid. Um, yeah, uh, that's what I thought you meant. <laughs> and they were like, they ha they're a family. They have to go they together. They have to go together. And I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's <laughs> usually some sort of small livestock on uh craigslist so i mean if we just took every one of those we'd have a little weird menagerie i was farm. just about to be like we should just become the weird reject animal <laughs> the <place>. outcast <laughs> the outcast animal farm like that would be very us so once we once we have a i don't know a, not a bigger plot of land we could just put them all in the basement <laughs> we could just fill the basement with dirt and uh <laughs> or just fill it full of water there. and just like have a bunch of ducks oh we could do ducks. 
Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> Ducks are very cute. So, anyway. I would yes. want to avoid geese, though, because they geese are, are mean. mean. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of. So. What do you farm? Can't, what do you farm ducks for? Like, I know people eat ducks, but. I don't know. Do Are duck I mean, eggs duck a eggs thing? Are, do people I'm eat sure duck eggs? I'm sure they are. I mean, they're odd, so I'm sure you they're more expensive than, like, chicken eggs. Right? Probably, but it's a problem of finding a market for them. Yeah. I feel like it has to be, like, fancy restaurants. I guess so. I've never seen duck eggs on our menu, though. And we've been I haven't to either. a couple fancy-ish places. That's true. Pittsburgh only has a certain level of fancy, though. That's also true. But even in, like, internationally. We haven't uh, gone to that many international fancy restaurants, though. I guess that's true. But we've been to, like, we went to one or two. We've been to a few. I have not but seen still, duck eggs on a menu. Yeah, regardless. I've seen duck on a menu. Mm-hmm. Never duck eggs. If you've if you've seen a, a duck egg omelet recipe floating out there or have I, eaten one. I'm sure it happens. It has to. Just Probably it's just on a an much smaller yeah scale I don't, know. I don't know anyway that's that's us we might quit our jobs and become farmers <laughs> in the next decade uh it is kind of the dream you never you never know or i've i mean i'm like let's move to alaska or montana and just become subsistence farmers that's a little just bit go too off the grid for me quite literally. leave everything behind forget society just get a little cabin you have to hike in and out of Great. When I've suggested moving to Lake Colorado, you're like, it's too far away from our family. Well, yeah, this is this is on a <laughs> on a the presumption that we're both like we never want to see or interact with people again. Oh, okay. I mean, I know we're introverts, but that's it's pretty a pipe extreme. dream. I know it'll probably <laughs> never happen. Uh, I think a little farm. I don't know, a little hobby farm. Yeah, couple good cute little cows. I would highly recommend not getting a dairy farm, though, because no, I don't want to do a dairy no. farm. Yeah. I on the wiki on the wiki how there were very uh, graphic illustrated images of cow breeding, which I didn't think was necessary for a wiki how article. <laughs> like graphic images of cow breeding at the the the. The before math and the and the aftermath of you can look it up yourself if you'd like to, um, kids. And I was like, <laughs> like I know this has to happen to like get more cows, but I also don't know if I want to deal with that. So probably not yeah. a dairy farm. Yeah, not a dairy farm. Well, yeah, yeah. you'd also need a lot more room for a dairy. You farm. need a lot of room. We could throw a couple chickens in the backyard yeah. and we'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I was only like two when I moved from the our dairy farm. So, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of firsthand yeah, experience. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily. I don't know. I don't think I'd want to do animals bigger than myself. I think that's a good rule of thumb to start. So chickens, True. goats, sheep, pigs. Yeah. I would. I, I mean, like a little like llama alpaca goat farm. La, llama alpaca. Llama alpaca. Nah, there's nothing easy there. <laughs> But we've talked about this for far too long. And those of you still tuning in, this might be what you tune in for. And you just pause it after the first 10 minutes and leave the rest of the episode. (laughs) Uh, Or maybe you skip the first 10 minutes and go right right to the juice. Well, then you're still you're missing out on these great farm wisdoms. Both of you farm wisdom. Both of you are. That's a that's a a bim bam thing. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Totally they forgot. had a segment. I, I haven't listened to that I show in a long to time. I haven't listened to in years. But I think, I think that was a thing really? they did. Farm oh. Wisdom. Yeah, because there was a song and everything. Anyway, we're, we are not that podcast. We are this podcast. So listen to us instead. <laughs> um, you are getting into some stuff. So a lot happened. You put down a, 
uh, insurrection in the making. Uh, drove, poor Darius. Drove poor Darius uh, insane and had him had him dealt with. Uh, Again, that was not intentional. Well, consequences. <laughs> uh, you show a normal person who is not uh, <laughs> fully capable of dealing with the, the mysteries of the beyond uh, what, what you showed. And yeah, the, the someone... <laughs> Who knows what it might do to a normal, everyday potato farmer. <laughs> uh, so, poor Darius is, is dealt with, but the uh, people of Montignan have integrated with the army of Moir, and a lot of you are moving out in the morning, which is now. So, you've had the opportunity to rest. You've had the opportunity to prepare new spells, do any last-minute things you may have needed to do. So, this... I am giving you your final opportunity to get any bookkeeping or any, uh, you know, statements of, of anything you are doing before the army leaves. Now, this is your chance. Go. Uh, the evening before we head out, I would have cast Heroes Feast um, for me and Carhoon and um, Hakon and Grisham and my crew and um, Antony because I can do up to 12, and so I think that covers all of us. So just to give us all a little a little boost, um, give us some um, temp HP, uh, give us some immunities here, um, and just kind of like bolster our spirits. Um, and then in the morning, I'm going to... Um, oh, right. She's reaching for a notebook. She's flipping through a page. Yes. She's reading from that page. I would like to get... These are all things from the mundane item list. Mm-hmm. Antitoxin. You can have one. Alchemist's fire. Uh, that's going to be a, a roll on that. No alchemist fire. Climbing kits. Yep. So for all of us, uh, crowbars. Sure. Awesome grappling hooks. Yep. Awesome acid. Can have one. <laughs> Just some chain. Yep. Some manacles. Sure. And then a block and tackle, which is like a pulley system. Sure. Awesome. So just getting some more, you know, items that might be helpful in, you know, climbing mountains and traversing walls and things along those lines. I don't know how a hallucinogen like LSD is going to help you climb in a mountain, but I mean, I guess you got it. So. <laughs> No, we're going to give it to the people that were trying to make walk off the mountain. Oh. So, you know. I don't know how long that takes to kick in. We'll just follow be, him for a while. have to be speedy. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a whole other. Seems like a waste to me. <laughs> awesome. All right. And then we were able to get some sending stones and a pair of night goggles and a couple other um, things to... Uh, you know, equip us out with. And I think we got cold weather gear mm-hmm. as well. So, Yep. Anything else we previously discussed, you would have some. Awesome. Are those your preparations? Those are my preparations. Are you done? I think. I'm very nervous about this because I'm not a really great strategist. So Strategist. Not great at strategery. <laughs> All right. No, so with your pack burgeoning with rope, chain, and sheets of lsd <laughs> you and meet meet up with your uh your p- 
party of people, uh, yourself, Carhoon, you finally find Jasulka skulking about, who is uh, dodgy as to where he's been the past few days. Uh, you find Owlbear and her goat all fitted up and ready to go. Uh, Carmina Dostoy is armored up, ready to roll, and Malaris and Bulger are good as well. Now, you know that they are gonna... The, your, this little gang is gonna go up after, like, a little bit of time. There's right. gonna be the initial clash, and then you will all go up. So you may not necessarily be fighting side-by-side side with them uh, from the get-go, but you know they are all there. They are all ready. They're all briefed, and... Uh, You all know what you all are doing. The rest of the army of Moir, intermixed with the people of Montagnan, wake up before the crack of dawn, make their final preparations, get suited up, and the gates begin to open, and everyone starts moving out. Tatunk, tatunk, tatunk. It is quite a scene. You know, you will reach Grundikov by the evening. Lake Ansel is just outside of it. You are very, very close. You are on their doorstep, so to speak. And so the great exodus from the confines, the safe confines, or not so safe if you ask Hakon, the the confines of Lake Ansel begin to be left behind as the army mobilizes and makes their way toward the final leg of this journey. And it is quite a sight. You are near the front um, you and Carhoon can probably be afforded horses mm, that'd be if great. you would like. So you are riding up with kind of the uh, the leaders near the front, banners waving behind you, leading this army out. And behind you, you see there is just a, a cascade of various individuals of many shapes and sizes. Uh, the the primarily human contingent makes up the middle, all with uh, relatively matching uh, Moirian garb. You see, intermixed with them are pockets of the elves of Elystria in their battle wear, ready to cast spells and sling enchantments like the best of them. Off to the side, you see a contingent of goat riders trotting along next to them, uh, mostly gnomes and halflings, a few dwarves on these large, sturdy mountain goats. They are sort of near the normal Moirian cavalry, riding their horses, their tiny but fierce counterparts. So cute. Near the center of the forces is a large um, uh, kind of convoy of a few siege weapons, some ballista leading the front, a couple catapults near the rear, and three large imposing battering rams bringing up the rear made to look like big ol' deer. Speak like, like the 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 one in Lord oh, of the Rings yeah. that looks like a wolf. Imagine that, but, but it's a deer. big deer. Oh, that's cool. Does it have like antlers and everything? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So those are being rolled up, and behind that, you can see the enormous lumbering form of this giant turtle, uh, this oh, dragon right. turtle that you convinced to <laughs> fight with you in exchange for a puppet dictatorship, effectively. <laughs> It is trotting along, lumbering along behind these siege weapons, uh, a living siege weapon of itself. And then intermixed, um, kind of intermixed, but also kind of separate, the people of Montagnon Mm -hmm. are marching out alongside you. It's not an incredibly grueling pace, but, uh, you know, people are moving with... uh, fervid nervousness 
knowing that for some, for, for many of them, this may be their last day on Moir, but hopefully for those who are left behind, they will taste sweet, sweet victory. But we'll see how things play out. The day passes of this march. You head north along the road, and which eventually intersects with the uh, big kind of thoroughway through most of western Moir, which you know leads directly into the tunnel mouth of the city of Grundukov, the mountain fortress once ruled by the dwarves, since then taken over, and the headquarters of the Dragonblood forces. The army reaches here, makes a sharp right, and marches east. Anything you do while marching? Um, I think Octavia will just kind of go over the you know the plan in her head to make sure that she kind of has has things down um of what uh you know oh we're gonna get there first and we're going to kind of make a big show of of fighting here and then kind of slip away and you know oh we gotta make sure we get up the mountain and kind of trying to come up with contingency plans and making sure that she has you know she has the all the, you know, the ropes and the grappling hooks, and she has a lot more gear than she normally would um, because she's kind of going into something that she's not really ever done before. She hasn't really done too, too much this whole sort of subterfuge type of thing. She's never been particularly good at it, Um, and (laughs) she's never had a team this big because she usually could be like figure out how to get her and Carhoon out of a sticky situation but now that there are so many of her team so big mm-hmm. it's it's a bit harder because she can't just you know polymorph Carhoon into a fly and she goes into a fly and they fly away because there are now so many of them so kind of having to expand her mm-hmm. expand her thinking yes. and planning but you also know that you don't you there there really isn't a getaway from this situation um the stakes at this point are more or less victory or death. Right. I guess I was more meaning like circumnavigating, like if we're trying to circumnavigate mm-hmm. some guards that we don't want to waste resources to fight or or stuff like sure. that. It's easier to do it with just her and Carhoon. Sure. Um, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So you go over this in your head. Uh, you're riding Carhoon's next to you on a horse looking stone-faced and ready to roll. You're up near the front. Uh, Hakon's up there. Sebring is trailing behind a little bit. And uh, Lord Severin and Lady Marin are nearby, leading their forces as well. The day passes. It's a, a reasonably nice day. Sun is shining. Scattered clouds. It's not as doom and gloom as, as, as some of the feeling may be. Mm-hmm. And... As you make your way, evening begins to fall, and the mountains, which have been uh, looming, let's try and say leaming, luring, no, <laughs> the mountains which have been looming over you this entire time uh, get bigger and bigger and bigger, and eventually you come to see the base of it and the tunnel entrance to the city of Grundukov. There's a palpable shift in uh, demeanor as it comes into sight, as everyone kind of tightens things up and and gets ready to go, regardless of what happens. The army walks up, marches up, and a lot of you come to kind of a standstill. The, The leaders bring the army to a halt some ways in front of this enormous tunnel opening. You see, uh, flanking this tunnel... Big, blood-red 
banners waving in the breeze with the dragon blood insignia on it. A, a flaming teardrop with wings on either side. And you see the entrance to the tunnel is uh, heavily barricaded with an enormous metal gate that seems to be covered in, uh, like, heavy metal iconography. So (laughs) chains, spikes, skulls, things like that. It looks uh, foreboding. It it does not look like a necessarily welcoming place. But you do not see any uh, army outside to greet you. You do not see any forces out there awaiting your arrival. Mm. Your horses come to a halt. The army behind you comes to a halt. And everyone kind of uh, looks to each other. And no one is sure what to do yet. What, if anything, would you like to do in this situation? Let the Lord of the Darklands come, come forth! forth. <laughs> Sorry, just had, I had to get that out nope, there. Yep. <laughs> I also want just a bunch of bards to come out and have it be like just like a Finnish heavy metal band, just like have a little concert in front of this gate because I'm like that would be a cool concert backdrop. It, it would be. It would be. Um, Octavia kind of looks to uh, to Hakon and Grisham because you know they've been the masterminds of the of this side of the of the attack. She's been focused on the task force side, um, so she's going to look to them for direction. Okay. Um, so they are mumbling to themselves, figuring out the the best course. Obviously, this was one of the the things they were prepared for. They weren't sure exactly what was going to be awaiting them here. Um, and so they begin to bark orders, and it seems like, I mean, they're... The options are to, you know, kind of wait here through the night, see what happens, and attack first thing in the morning, or just get to things now. And they seem to be kind of taking the maybe let's get to things now approach. Okay. I, I Austin, am not a tactician, so if anyone has, like, <laughs> any sort of military or, or, you know, tactical training and they're like, this is totally not how you would storm a mountain, I don't care. Um, <laughs> this, this, is, this, is what, this is what's happening. Um, and so they begin to... Uh, issue order the army starts to part and these battering rams start to get slowly pulled up towards the front to knock down this gate uh as this is happening though you hear an uh, a big squeaky and you look and the gate seems to be opening of its own volition as the sun begins to dip behind the mountains rises in the east sets in the west it'd be to our backs as the sun begins to dip on the horizon to your backs, assuming this has a similar geography to Earth. That's cool because I can imagine it as the as the siege engines are going, like moving so slowly towards the gate, like the shadows are getting elongated mm-hmm. as we're standing here, and you know, like the sun is behind, you know, maybe occasionally behind, like Hakon's head, and it like you know darkens out his features, type of thing. And it's a it's very it's a very dramatic image Mm -hmm. that i can totally see yes the gate creaks open not all the way but enough for uh like an individual or two to step through and you hear uh across this plane the the army has gotten tense all activity has stopped and it is very quiet you can just hear the wind blowing through the grass and then a little as a horse and rider exit from 
the dark mouth of this tunnel and the gates quickly for as enormous and massive as they must be shuts behind it riding across the open land towards you you see a lone rider on a stereotypically black horse uh the rider seems to be a poised and uh, attractive woman wearing very thick plate armor made of some sort of black obsidian metal uh, not matte it is very shiny it's decorated with a few uh, uh, s- minor like studs and spikes nothing too nothing as crazy as the gates but still a very intimidating aspect she rides out into the middle of this no man's land and the horse comes to a stop and you know huffs and puffs and looks across and she shouts across this at you at your army she says I am Atros, servant of Zarnavon, ally of Ignorox the Red, and representative of Crag and the Dragonblood Army. My lords wish you greeting. Who here has the authority to speak on your behalf? And it seems like she wishes to entreat or parley with you. Hakon, of course, starts to step forward. Uh, and Grisham, his de facto bodyguard is there by his side and he shoots a glance over to you and Carhoon and kind of nods his head we'll, we'll come along as well all right so the four of you on your horses i'm not sure if these are horses you've ridden before we Maud, did have those modern daisy i think it was modern daisy i was going back to try to find their yeah. names yeah so you can have modern daisy back yeah. if you want Yay. i think you left them i think we somewhere. left them on the banks when we got to the um to the river when Probably. we were joining up with the navy because i yeah. think we took them from stag pine down yeah. to the river yep okay so you have Maud and daisy again and then hakon and grisham grisham is trailing a little bit behind but uh hakon you and carhoon trot up to this individual on horseback and you get there, and there's about a probably a ten foot gap in between you as Hagon brings his horse to stop. And you can see she is a very intimidating figure. Fine black armor, just like piercing eyes, chiseled jaw, sharp features. And she looks across at the lot of you. And what what would you say? Because again, I don't I try not to have conversations with myself. So I'd rather pass it off you i guess octavia would um look to atros did she say atros. um and be like i think we all know why we're all here <laughs> do you have anything that would any information that you think would change the course of what is about to occur or why have you ridden out to meet us ah the soul keeper my masters are pleased to see you here. Yes, we are aware of what your little band here is trying to accomplish. And before things go down a path that none of us can return from, my lords had the generosity and grace to offer you a final out. You... She looks at you, she looks at Hakon, and your forces stand no chance of victory. 
You ride to your deaths. But it does not have to be so. This is your final chance for surrender, unconditional surrender, of your forces. I, as a representative of the Dragonblood contingent, am happy to offer you your lives, fleeting as they may be in exchange for this, unified under the Dragonblood banner. A Moir that will be whole once again. Refuse this final offer, and no mercy will be shown on you, here, or anyone you have not brought with you. And what would a unified Moir under the control of the various czars look like? Oh, I'm sure you can imagine, but as recompense for your transgressions against the Dragonblood contingent, your positions will not be those of power. You will be an indentured servitude at, at best. You will serve your masters, and you will do so with no resistance and no lip. She looks at you. You may find this an ignominious end to this little band of freedom fighters you think you are, but I assure you that, um, well, it will pale in comparison to the uh, nothingness you march into currently. Total surrender. Lay down your arms, lay down your weapons, and give yourselves to us, and your lives will be spared. Anything short of that will be met with judicious force. Surely you will give us some time to uh, speak amongst ourselves. You may have a few moments, but my masters are impatient with this group as it is, so do not try them further. And you can trot back another few feet. A lot of you huddle up. Hakon says, of course we're refusing. Oh, why, co- do, why do we need to discuss this? Oh, of course we're refusing. I just thought that it would be... Uh, helpful to, I don't know, have like a little show that we would potentially even consider it type of thing. If anything, I feel like that makes our position even weaker. Well, I also wanted to run by you the idea of trying to maybe cast something on her now that she's within our reach. Generally, in terms of polite warfare, you don't shoot the messenger. I wasn't intending to shoot her. I was merely going to uh, suggest something to her. Myself and Grisham will take no hostile actions toward uh, this representative until we meet on the field of battle. Uh, What you do is your choice. But just consider your options wisely. Very well. And Hakon pulls his horse back and rides up to this individual. She says, that was quick. I hope that you have uh, thought deeply on this matter and have come to the correct conclusion. It is unanimous. We do not accept your offer. Hmm. Predictable, if disappointing, all the same. Enjoy the last few moments of life of breath you can draw. I will inform my masters and 
she turns on the horse and begins riding away. Okay. Do you do anything? No, I don't. Okay. The gates open back up and swallow her and close. The four horses of the Moirian side return back to the army. Any, uh... Hakon leans over to you and says, She's not necessarily wrong. This may be the last few moments that some of these people have. If there's anything you have to say to them, now may be the time. I've already used the uh, Aragorn speech. <laughs> so, you gotta come up with something else. Okay. Um, you're on the spot. Yeah, Octavia will kind of ride out a couple feet in front of the the line and like turn around um and she'll be like I have no I don't have flowery words I'm I'm not a performer or, or a poet who is who is gifted with inspiring just by just by a syllable or two but all I can say is that we don't know what we are going to face in there We don't know what we are marching into, but we do know why we are. We are marching in there for for our homes, for your home, for mine, so that my parents can open up their little herbalism shop again, so that you can go back to, to a life free of fear from traveling just on our on our roads. So that Elystria can be filled again. So that Grundikov can once again be the beautiful fortress and example of, of ingenuity and construction that it is and will be again for Stagpine and Montignon for all of us to start a new chapter in Moir's history. This is not going to be easy. It's not going to be pleasant. And by all accounts, it will hurt. But we also do this for the f- people who we are leaving behind. The people who are not joining us in this fight. For our spouses. For parents. For children and siblings. For for friends. For those you love, no matter how they're related to you, we do this for them. And I'm not going to lie, it'll be a hard day. But one that I know that we will get through if the three are behind us, which I know they are. For Moir, for our future. Roll a performance check. I just told you, I'm not a bard. No, but you have some charisma buffs. Ten. Ten. Uh, you are met Can with... Can I do persuasion instead? Sure. All right. That's a bit better. Then that'll be a 15. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you, you are met with uh, some cheers. Not natural 20 cheers, but people seem to agree with you, and uh, they seem to be ready to fight Hikon gives you a nod of approval and turns 
his horse back towards the mountain and shouts orders again as the you can hear the creaking of the battering rams as they begin mm. to be start uh, as they begin to start being rolled up once more. Unfortunately, it is interrupted once again. Of course. As you are staring across this expanse to the gate, waiting for whatever it is that they are going to throw at you, if anything, uh, your, your questions are shortly answered as dozens of points of light start forming along the floor of this battlefield, the floor, the ground of this battlefield. Uh, You see glows rising up in the dusky light along the grasses in front of the the mountain tunnel. Roll an arcana check, please. Okay, is this something Carhoon can also roll? Yeah, just you roll it. 11. Yep, you uh, you recognize these as something you have seen before, although last time you saw it on the back of these turtles. Oh! As dozens of teleportation circles shock into existence, illuminating the light that is quickly falling from this battlefield. Stepping out of these portals concealed among the rocky terrain outside of this mountain are several creatures of imposing stature. Each of them spits out two enormous, what you immediately gain to be giants, with fiery red eyes and hair. It's just like plate armor as thick as, I don't know, it's really thick. Two by four. As a two by four covering, encrusting their entire bodies and two large spiked shields, one in each hand. Yeah, I know you have fought these in a previous campaign and they are not a joke. Behind them, stepping from each of these portals, are two other giant creatures, although they do not look uh, quite as organized as the fire giants. They are kind of gray-skinned, uh, hunchbacked. They've got like one eye, like bigger than the other. Mm. Uh, they kind of, kind of got a Forest Whitaker face. Um, they're yeah, hunched over, and just look really nasty, holding enormous wooden clubs. Mm-hmm. And they start running toward the forces of Moir. Please roll oh. initiative. Okay, four Octavia, a nine. Four Carhoon. Fifteen, and I'm going to change my die. All right. So there are two fire giants and two. There's trolley quite. Yeah, two, two, two fire giants, two other giants from each of these teleportation circles, um, spread across the whole line that the army has formed out in front. Oh, okay. So there are like dozens of them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. For the sake of our battle, we will only be focusing on a small portion of that. Makes sense. All right. These individuals start charging across the terrain. There is about, uh, we're going to say about 600 feet of, of, of distance between you and them. And they start rushing across as pandemonium 
breaks out. Dun, 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 dun. All right, it is these giants' turns, and they dash sixty feet. So you're going to have some time to sort of think about what you're going to do, prepare for what you're going to do, um, and or you can rush out and meet them in the middle. Arrows start getting fired across the top of, you know, the line, peppering down on them. It seems to be impacting the, the ones in the back a little bit worse than the fire giants as they are just hugely armored. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to find a little, uh, you know, nick in between plates to, to sink something in there. It's more luck than skill at this point to just fire a, a thousand arrows and see how many hit. They rush across the battlefield. Carhoon is up. All right, so he, they're already, they're still, you know, a couple hundred feet away, so he is mm-hmm. going to unsling his bow, and he is going to let three fly. Um, so for our, like, portion of the pie, we're, we're facing two fire and two others. For your portion of the pie, you're going to be facing facing uh, one of the fire giants and two of the other giants. Okay. So he is going to focus, try to get right in the eyeball of the fire giant. All right. Roll me three shafts. All right. Come on, baby. It's a 17 hit. No. It's a natural 20 hit. Just barely. <laughs> Just barely, but it does. All right. First crit of the battle. Woo-woo-woo. Okay. Okay. What do we got here? Oh, we'll do this one. All right, this is from Gerblin37. Thank you, Gerblin. Critical hit. For some odd reason, your weapon bursts into flames. Oh, no. This is a, this is a good thing. It deals an extra 1d8 damage for the next 1d4 rounds. Ooh. So, Carhoon's bow, just with the speed he's firing, the friction just poof, lights his arrows on fire. All right, so an additional D8. Additional D8. You get this for four rounds. Nice. All right, this is round one. Okay. Of four. So he's going to do his crit damage in addition to this D8. Do it. 19 points of piercing damage. Is that just the piercing or did you add the fire in there? Oh, so the additional D8 is fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Six of that is fire. Okay. It's a fire giant. Yeah, fire that's, does nothing. that's why I said, oh, no, because as soon as it was like, <laughs> oh, okay. that would be cool, but it's almost like it's going to do nothing. So 13. Yeah. All right. He still gets a good arrow in. He sees the fire. He's like, he, he could focus on the other ones because they do not seem to be fiery. Okay, that is a good point. So he'll, seeing that he's kind of doing this added uh, boost of fire, he is going to focus on one of the uh, lumbering kind of less less uh, graceful, less com- composed and poised giant behind mm-hmm. the fire giant for a natural one. Oh, the dice giveth and the dice taketh. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Why? Wow. <laughs> oh, Carhoon. Wow. All oh, right. no, we can't have another where he just crit failed over and over. Um. All right. This is... A classic crit fail, D&D or head, friendly fire. Your attack goes wild, endangering oh, no. an ally. Reroll the attack, targeting the nearest ally. So we don't have you guys on the map right now, so I'm going to have you roll a D6. One and two is you. 
Three and four is Hakon. Five and six is Grisham. Two. He accidentally shoots you. All right. So do I re-roll to hit? Re-roll or? the attack targeting your... So he rolls against you. Thank you, D&D, your head. <laughs> that actually misses. Oh, nice. What was the total? It was a 11. 11. All right. So he had... That is his three attacks. Okay. The fire giant stomps across the battlefield, just lowers its shields and starts running like a bulldozer into a throng of people. Uh, they are still far away, but they are closing. This is kind of a game of can you take them down before they reach? Because as soon as they hit the line, uh, it's bad news for your people. It is your turn. Okay, let's see what Octavia has up her sleeve. Keep range in mind. They are 540 feet away from you. 540, okay. So you need something very long range if you are going to be able to target them. Or you could start riding out to meet them. 540? Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Yeah, you might not have anything. I also have a longbow, actually. Oh, okay. So I'm just going to... Now, keep me honest, what's the range on a longbow? Is that technically long range? I think that'll be long range, actually, so I think I'll have disadvantage. Yeah, so Carhan should have disadvantage. Yeah, too. sorry about that. Well, he did roll a, a nat one, so kind of balanced everything out. Yeah. And the crit damage didn't really do all that much. True. So he had one hit in three. A longbow is, yeah, 150, 600. So once they're within 150 feet, then it will be normal range. So she is going to unsling her longbow and also try to take a shot at the... Um, she'll also try to hit the fire giant. The fire giant, okay. This is a non-natural 20 hit. No. Great, 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 great. They have great. two shields. Their AC, two is, shields. Their AC is That's very cool. high. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Are these dreadnoughts? They are. Okay. I love these things. They literally do bulldoze you. I, they just bulldoze you. I used these in the other campaign we played with, with a full party, and it wrecked. They wrecked. Oh, they're fun. Yeah, uh, and, that was, and, and that was just me and Carhoon. Yeah, and you got 600 feet of space and an army. Now the army factors into things. In fact, I am uh, going to deal with the army right now. All right, the army does a little bit of damage to the fire giant just from the sheer volume of arrows lobbed over your head toward this thing. So it's got like six or so sticking out of the joints in its armor right now, but it's still just oh my gosh. running towards you. And you see, again, this is not an isolated case. There's like 20, 24 of these things just like, oh my gosh, running at the army, just getting arrows frantically being fired as fast as people can, you know, fit them into their bow. Because everyone also knows like if these things get to us. We are done. Goners. It is. The giants turn, they run 60 feet, 480 away right now. Carhoon's turn. Carhoon is going to uh, shoot three times with disadvantage at the uh, one of the um, creatures lumbering behind the fire giant. All right. Does an 11 hit? No. The creature. <laughs> nope. Well, are they as armor? They are not. They okay. are not actually wearing armor. So their AC is low, but, but it is not, not 11 low. Yeah. Does a... 13 hit. No. <laughs> does a 18 hit. That does. Okay. <laughs> 
finding purchase with one of his arrows. I feel the others just like, you know, slid off, just like, tink, hit this, the thick hide of these giants. All right, I should have, I guess, designated which die was the, does it matter? For these ones, it doesn't matter. Okay, so that will be. I don't think so. Let me check though. You can tell me the total. 10 damage total. 10 total. No, it does not matter. Okay. All right. So there are two of these things charging. You hit one of them. <laughs> Keeps lumbering. They look like that. Oh. So yeah, they got like hunchback lumps, big yellow yeah. bulbous eyes. Uh, not not super fun things to uh, to be dealing with yeah. right now. All right, giants keep running. <laughs> Octavia's turn. You have a longbow out. You know it's a difficult shot. They are 500, sorry, 480 feet away. Okay. That is touch. Yes. I don't know if many or any of your spells are going to be able to do this. I think there are a couple that have a range that far, but they're few. Okay. Um, My wild shape lasts a bit longer than I remembered. Mm -hmm. So I am... What you gonna do? I am not going to turn into a fire elemental. Okay. But I am going to turn into an earth elemental. <laughs> you crush Maud. <laughs> Maud's just like, ah! No, don't say that. That's so mean. No. You get off. You do use half of your movement. I use off. half of my movement right, to get you. off Maud. <laughs> you get off Maud and then you transform into an, air, yes, an earth elemental. I do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just like, she forgot she was riding a horse. I did for a minute, but Octavia wouldn't. Several tons of rock and dirt. She would remember that she was riding a horse. I'm sure she would. All right, so you step off. I have a horse. Transform into an earth elemental. An earth elemental. I also want to know, I'm going to roll the 2d10 for our temp hit points from Hero's Feast. Okay. Before I forget. You are keeping track of that. So as a bonus action, half a move action. You still have an action action. Yes. So we each get 13 temp HP. Cool. And then for the other half of my movement. Oh, so I still get a full action action. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to dash. Okay. I'm going to dash 60 feet towards the dreadnought. Okay. Basically just trying to also be intimidating. Okay. So you. This is literally one, one of those. A train is going to Chicago at thus feet an hour, miles an hour. <laughs> you are at now, what point? You are now 420 feet away. Okay. Everyone else is still at 480. It is the army's turn. They fling some more arrows at the fire giant in the lead. Okay. A couple more arrows. Land in its hide. But obviously it is not down yet. They continue rushing towards you. They see you kind of remove yourself from the crowd and lumber out to meet them. They let out a battle cry. Mm. So they're now 420 feet from the main army. 360 feet from you. Okay. It's Carhoon's turn. Carhoon seeing um, Octavia going forward to meet them is going to um, urge Daisy forward and he <laughs> is Daisy's going Daisy's like uh no thank you <laughs> 
he is, I assume that Daisy is a warhorse and that she is okay with this situation. Um, and he is going to, I don't know how fast horses are. I think they're like 50 or 60. 50 or 60. So he's going to have Maud, sorry, Daisy dash towards the dreadnought or, or towards the towards the foes. Okay. A war horse is 60 feet. Awesome. So. And then he is going to loose some arrows at the um, the non-fire giant giants okay. as she moves forward. All right. So did Carhoon move 60 feet up next to you? Yeah, he probably moved past me, actually. Okay, so you want him to go out ahead? Nope, nope, nope. That's a good idea. No, we'll stay. We'll stay side by side. Okay. So Carhoon <laughs> and you are on an even level right now. Yes, and he will shoot at the hunchbacked giants. All right. At disadvantage still, because they're what three something far away. Yes, everyone is three sixty away from you guys now. One of those was a natural twenty. Too bad you have disadvantage. That is too bad. The other is a... Does a 15 hit? It does. Awesome. 13 points of damage total. That's just like this cool... I mean, his bow is just flaming. He's just these arrows, just like as soon as he pulls them from the quiver, like just this... It's like the oil on top mm-hmm. of something that gets set on fire, I'm imagining. That is, this is round three of that fire, by the way. Okay. We have one more after this round. Shot number two. That'll hit. Natty 16, Natty 18. Nice. 11 points total. DiMaggio. And then for his final. Natural one. Natural one. Ugh. Car. Car. Hoon. Hoon. Well, it's funny because I've rolled both a twenty and a one during these, this these three attacks. Yeah. All right, from D and D your head again. Oh, D and D your head. Fliberty gibbet. <laughs> your attack not only misses but also looks super clumsy. Take two d four psychic damage and disadvantage on attack rolls until the end of your next turn. Okay, two d four. Really doesn't affect you too much right yeah, now. Yeah, could have been could be a lot worse. But 2d4 psychic to Carhoon as he's like, oh, I look so stupid. <laughs> I rolled a 4 and a 3. Okay, 7 <laughs> points of psychic as he's like, oh, stupid Carhoon, get it together. This is the most important battle of your life. Okay. Uh, do you have any more shots? That was his third shot. That was third shot. Alright, fire giants. Tonk, 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 tonk. Shouting and giant battle cries. You can hear them echoing across the field. Your turn. Okay, I am just going to, yeah, I'm just going to dash um, 60 feet 60 towards feet. the Dreadnought. All right, you are now 300 away. I wish I could, like, throw things. I could mean, I throw things as a, I mean, it's not one of their technical attacks, but yeah, like. you can, th- uh, I don't think you can throw things 300 feet. That's a good point. So like even you with could, the strength of twenty. Yeah, you could pick up a rock. Uh, technically, the rules and improvised weapons. Anything that doesn't have the throne attribute has a range of thirty, sixty. I think. Okay. So, I mean, I could even let you do sixty without disadvantage because you're very strong. But big, still, you'd but have still. to be pretty close. I mean, hucking a big chunk of stone sixty feet is. That's a good point. Still, still pretty impressive. Alrighty, well, um, she will just she will then just dash towards the dreadnought. Sounds good. 
It is funny because her strength as an earth elemental is the same as Carhoon's, just as Carhoon. Carhoon's very strong. (laughs) Which is kind of funny to think about. All right. So you are now 300 feet away, Carhoon. Uh, And Carhoon just had ridden up to meet you. So he's still behind you right now. All right. Great. So I think it'll always be kind of like Octavia a little bit forward. Carhoon catches up. Octavia goes, Carhoon catches up type of thing. All right couple more arrows sink into this fire giant's hide but it is not deterred you can hear aragorn in the back look at this take him down (laughs) bring him down (laughs) all right army fires arrows giants run 60 more feet they are now 360 away from the army at large 240 away from you okay and 300 away from Carhoon. Okay. Carhoon's turn. Uh, Carhoon encourages Daisy to uh, meet up with uh, Octavia. And then he is, again, going to, to lose some arrows. He has disadvantage. Double, well, not, can't have double disadvantage, but he's still remembering mm-hmm. how, how foolish he looked when he missed that last arrow. Yep. And this is your final round of fire. So make these shots count. All right. Come on, Carhoon. Does a 13 hit. Who are you shooting at? Uh, the non-fire giant. No. It's close. Second miss. <laughs> Come on, Karun. Did you roll two 20s? I rolled a 19 and a 20. Nice. All right. Critting Woo! the hard way. <laughs> oh, my. I don't think Critting I've ever done that. Way. Or if I have, it's really, really infrequent. Oh, my gosh. Dang. That is not nice. a crit card. All right, we're going to use another one from Camp Master. This is a critical hit. Thank you, Camp Master. Um, chemical burn. Oh. From somewhere, your opponent is sprayed with a highly caustic chemical of the DM's choice and takes an additional 3d8 plus 2 acid damage. Hmm. What chemical? Well, I was... <laughs> this is the chemistry. I was... <laughs> probably just gonna go some good old sodium hydroxide because maybe there's like a fissure or you know a geyser or something in there it's technically a base uh but it'll they don't have base damage it's just acid damage so you'll that that works <laughs> 3d8 plus 2 acid damage so, on so- top of your crit as this giant uh, the the moment that this arrow impacts it it steps down and just a puff of like caustic steam explodes from the earth oh cool all right, so he's going to roll his crit damage first. So he still has his fire damage active. This is his last round, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be 3d8 from those, because 2d8 from doubling his shot, mm-hmm. plus the d8 for the fire. So mm-hmm. I'm going to roll that first. Do it. 13 points total. Okay. And then 3d8 acid, right? 3d8 plus 2 acid. 18. 18. Ooh. I rolled two fours and an eight. Good hit. Karun gets him right in like the chest, yeah. buckles over, stomps down, gust of hot basic steam, sprays him in the face. It's angry, but it's still alive. Okay. The fire giants keep plodding forward. Shields lowered. Just like a few seconds from impacting with someone. Octavia's turn. I will... Um, you are 240 feet away. Go up 60. All right. You are now 180 feet away. 
180 feet. Army. Arrows. Fall. Hit. This giant shakes it off, keeps running. The giants run another 60 feet. <laughs> they are now 300 feet away from the main army. They okay. are now 120 feet away from you. Okay. Okay. Stuff might be about to happen because that is not a bad range. Carhoon. All right. Carhoon seeing that he's within range and kind of well, seeing. Carhoon's 180 feet away. Oh, I guess. He Car- moves up. Carhoon will, will move up um, adjacent to me. All right. Um, and seeing that kind of the, those flames that had been shimmering from his quiver are now um, doused. Right? Yes. that was his final word. Mm-hmm. He is going to turn his attention once again on the fire giant. All right. Take this, you big pile of beef. I don't know why pile of beef is an insult. <laughs> I assume a 15 does not hit. Does not. <laughs> and now a 20 didn't hit, so you got to do better than a 20. That is better than a 20. How much better? Uh, 16 plus 7 for a 20. Okay, that Yep. Is oh, that your last right. shot? That was his last shot, unfortunately. All right. Minimum damage. Three points of piercing damage. For all that effort. Hey, every little bit helps. Gets me like the foot. Mm-hmm. All right. Carhoon's turn. Giants lumber forward. Octavia, your turn. Okay, so we're 120 feet away. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that they have about 60 feet of movement as well. At while dashing, yes. While dashing. Yes, they've been just dashing full speed this whole time. <laughs> okay. You can see it's taken some hits, but it's still looking pretty good. One of the uh, uh, unarmored giants in the back is looking about bloodied, we'll say. Okay. The other one looks fine. So if I move up 60 feet and they dash, they would get me next turn, but they wouldn't be able to do anything because they'd have dashed. Mm-hmm. Unless they have bonus actions. With 5e's monster design? Probably <laughs> not. Okay, I am going. That's fine. <laughs> I am going to dash up sixty feet. Then. All right, you are now sixty feet away from them. Bold move. Sure, you don't want to move fifty-five feet. <laughs> All right, you are sixty feet. No, away. I will move fifty-five feet. So I have reach. Okay. So you are fifty, sixty-five feet away from them. You are sixty-five feet. And I feel like she kind of hunkers. She doesn't. She doesn't te- technically take the dodge action, but she kind of like lets her let you know her earth elemental legs kind of like sink into the ground a little bit and kind of like stands her ground there. All right, it is the giant's turn. The army fired some more arrows. Thunk, 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 thunk. Roll. Just roll me a nature check. Why don't you? Sure. Thirteen. Yeah, I'll give it to you. The <laughs> giants in the back are called Fomorians. They're oh. like underdarky giants. Oh, interesting. Because I'm tired of not calling them by what they mm-hmm. are. Uh, so the Fomorians rush 60 feet forward. They see you. Their eyes light up. Actually, one of them rushes all the way up. Gets it is a five feet gap between you and it has its great club up and ready to go. The other one is just going to move 30 feet. Mm. And then it looks at you. And its eye bulges. And you can feel some weird mystical power coming off of it. Please make a 
charisma saving throw. Oh, charisma. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to use a luck point. <laughs> For the exact same result. Great, 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 great. What is great, that great. result? 11. Oh, that is a failure. You have just been hit by the curse of the evil eye. With a stare, the Fomorian uses evil eye, but on a failed save, so you're going to take some damage. Uh, so first, let's let's deal with that. Let's deal with that. Oh, man. It's not... I was expecting you to pass that, because it's not a super high save, but an 11, yeah, that's pretty low. Yep, rolled an 8 both times. I only have a plus 3 to my charisma saving throws. You take 20 points of psychic damage, and then you are cursed with uh on a failed save the creature is also cursed with magical deformities while deformed the creature has its speed halved and has disadvantage on ability checks saving throws and attacks based on strength and dexterity you can repeat the saving throw when it finishes a long rest ending the effect on a success so this earth elemental kind of buckles over under the weight of this stair you are in bad shape because all of your attacks right now are based on strength or dexterity but we're gonna pick up their next episode goodness gracious was not expecting a giant curse all right goodness gracious all right thank you all so much for listening if you like what you heard you can get in touch with us on social media we are active on uh twitter and instagram and our handle is at and a die podcast if you'd like to submit some crit cards like you heard in the episode today please do so we are starting to run low and you can submit them either to our email which is me my spouse and a die at gmail.com or you can fill out the form on our website me and my spouse and a die dot com. Catch y'all next week.